On Mother's Day in Shanghai, Chinese authorities forcibly separate a mother from her son. An expert breaks down why Beijing is sticking to its zero COVID-19 policy. Are China's food shortages primed to get worse? In some regions, farmers are getting banned from working their fields. Is Washington changing its stance on Taiwan? Two sentences were removed from the State Department's website defining U.S.-Taiwan relations. The update has drawn anger from Beijing. A top U.S. intelligence official says Beijing is carefully weighing the Russia-Ukraine war while keeping its eye on Taiwan. And aircraft carriers from three nations are sailing the waters around Taiwan. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. On Mother's Day in China, a Shanghai mother was forcibly separated from her son and taken to a quarantine facility. This as Shanghai authorities tighten pandemic prevention measures in parts of the city. NTD's Don Ma has the story. Authorities in Shanghai are again tightening virus restrictions, just as the city was emerging from a month-long lockdown. Notices issued to several districts declared that a complete lockdown will begin Monday. Residents are forbidden to leave home even to go buy food. Authorities are also halting courier services. All non-essential deliveries will be suspended. As authorities announced lockdowns, they're also forcibly dragging Shanghai residents to quarantine facilities. Here's a clip. This happened over the weekend on Mother's Day. The woman is forcibly separated from her son and taken to a quarantine facility. The scene here is a rare sight in the West, but in China, it's commonplace. Here's another person being forcibly taken to a quarantine facility. So why are Chinese authorities doing this? Erping Zhang, Edward Mason Fellow at Harvard University and YouTube host of Tea with Erping, says it's because of Xi Jinping's decree of eliminating every virus case in China. The zero COVID policy comes from Beijing and from the Communist Party decision maker Xi Jinping. So the lower level officials must follow the decrees, otherwise they'll lose, lose their jobs. <laughs> The responsibility of eliminating virus cases is passed down to local officials, and these officials have to report their results to their bosses. The local officials, their primary concern is to report to the boss. They have zero cases in their uh, uh, districts or cities or neighborhoods. Um, they don't care the suffering uh, for the sufferings of the, uh, the people, residents. Zhang says the reason why Chinese authorities don't care about people's suffering is due to China's political system. In China, these officials are not voted into office by the residents or citizens or their people in their district or cities. They are handpicked by the Communist Party, so that's why they only report to their boss. They don't have to report to the residents or the masses. Any hopes that China will move away from its zero-COVID policy were dashed, as Xi Jinping last Thursday told Chinese officials in an important meeting to unswervingly follow the policy. Don Ma, NTD News. 
Some French scholars have encouraged China to abandon its zero COVID-19 policy. But in an interview over the weekend, the Chinese ambassador to France shed some light on the motive behind that suggestion. He said the scholars aren't concerned with the well-being and freedom of the Chinese people, nor the economy in China. Instead, they want to see the Chinese regime fail and are waiting for Beijing's Chernobyl moment. The nuclear accident in Chernobyl in the former Soviet Union occurred in the 80s. It was widely seen as one of the major causes of the communist bloc's collapse in the beginning of the 90s. Is China's food crisis getting worse? In northern China, crop sowing season has already begun. But farmers in many areas are forbidden from leaving their homes under the country's zero COVID-19 policy. Enforcing strict lockdown measures has been given the highest priority, even over agriculture. Here's a look at what's happening. Captured in a recent social media video, an elderly farmer from Qian City in Hebei province was forced to apologize to his entire village over public broadcast. His misstep? Leaving his home to do what any farmer would this time of year, tend to his land. I went farming in the field just now. I was in a rush. The police patrol saw me and captured me, and then they criticized me. The pandemic is quite severe right now, and I was a bit insensitive to the situation. To avoid similar embarrassment, other farmers reportedly sneak out at night to work in the fields. In history, people have stolen all sorts of things, but I've never heard of anyone having to farm stealthily. But this is what's happening in Tian'an now. Look at these people creeping out at night to farm their land. But local authorities refuse to tolerate the nighttime violations. To stop them, they went door to door, sealing residents inside their homes from the outside. In other areas, farmers are getting arrested for working outdoors. You're not allowed to leave your home or even just step out your door. This farmer argued his only goal was working in his field. Here's what the enforcement worker said in reply. You have refused to obey the orders and the decisions the people's government issued under the state of emergency. Now I verbally summon you to the police office for investigation. These lockdown measures have sparked growing concern about food supplies for the coming year. Residents blame the strict rules on top leaders. A lot of ridiculous things happen here. Why? What the leader likes will be embraced by the subordinates even more. These officials only care about their current positions. They don't care about others or the future. I really don't know what they want. I feel they just want to ruin the country, nothing else. Hebei province is one of China's top agricultural regions. A simple website update or a signal for a change in U.S.-Taiwan relations. An update from the U.S. Department of State is drawing anger from Beijing. Here's more. The Chinese Communist Party is lashing out at the U.S. That's after Washington updated the description of its relationship with Taiwan. This kind of political manipulation on the Taiwan issue, an attempt to change the status quo in the Taiwan Strait, will surely stir up a fire that burns the United States. Zhao is referring to an update on the State Department's website. The department recently changed its description of U.S.-Taiwan relations. Two missing sentences are catching people's attention. The earlier version makes two statements. One is, the United States recognized the government of the People's Republic of China as the sole legal government of China. 
acknowledging the Chinese position that there is but one China and Taiwan is part of China. The other states that the United States does not support Taiwan independence. Both of those sentences are gone following the update. And even though both the old and new statements say the U.S. encourages the peaceful solution of cross-strait differences, the new version adds on to that idea, noting that those peaceful solutions should be consistent with the wishes and best interests of the people on Taiwan. The news comes as the West watches Beijing's action toward Taiwan closely. Concerns have been rising that the Chinese regime may invade Taiwan, using the Ukraine war as an example. The Chinese regime has made it clear to the U.S. that Taiwan is its most sensitive issue when it comes to Beijing's relationship with Washington. And the U.S. has been walking a fine line. Here's the background. Beijing considers Taiwan part of its territory and has threatened to take the island back by force if necessary. That's despite Taiwan having never been ruled by the Chinese regime and having its own democratically elected leaders, constitution and military. The U.S. doesn't have a formal diplomatic relations with Taiwan. But by law, the U.S. has to sell Taiwan arms so that it can defend itself from a possible Chinese invasion. And Taiwan is critical to U.S. safety. The island sits on a sensitive location. It's on a line of defense stretching from Japan to Malaysia, known as the first island chain. It prevents the Chinese regime from launching submarine-based missile attacks against the U.S. The U.S. also relies on Taiwan for its most advanced semiconductors, or microchips. These tiny devices are the brains of modern electronics, from cars to computers and iPhones to military equipment. Commenting on the description update, the State Department told Voice of America that there's no change in its one-China policy. It also said the U.S. remains committed to Taiwan and urges Beijing to stop pressuring the island. Taiwan says the island will continue to deepen its relations with the U.S. and strengthen its self-defense capabilities. In an interview with Financial Times, CIA Director William Burns said Chinese leadership is carefully weighing the Russia-Ukraine war. Burns said China has been struck by the ways in which Ukrainians have resisted Russian aggression. But he added that China has not wavered in its determination to gain control over Taiwan. The CIA director explained that China wants to analyze the consequences of using force to gain control over Taiwan. China has been sending fighter jets and bombers into Taiwan's air defense identification zone semi-regularly. And reports say the number of aircrafts flying through that airspace has ramped up within the last year. Tensions between self-ruled Taiwan and Beijing have been escalating. Communist China has never ruled Taiwan, but has long labeled Taiwan as part of its territory. Beijing is also actively blocking Taiwan from representing itself on the international stage. Due to objections from Beijing, the island is excluded from most global organizations. China's foreign ministry is again blocking Taiwan from joining the World Health Organization, or WHO. And beyond full membership, the Chinese regime also opposes Taiwan's bid to participate in any WHO conferences as observers. Beijing reiterated that stance on Monday. The ministry accused the Taiwanese government of using the pandemic for political manipulation and asked them to stop. 
The Chinese foreign ministry said, quote, otherwise they will only bring humiliation upon themselves. Taipei has complained that exclusion from the WHO has hampered its efforts to fight the CCP virus, which causes COVID-19. From 2009 to 2016, Taiwan attended the World Health Assembly, which is the WHO's decision-making body as an observer. But China blocked further participation after the election of Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen, calling her a separatist. China's vaccine diplomacy is taking a hit. The country's vaccine exports plummeted 97 percent last month from their peak in September 2021. The recent rise of China's infection numbers has highlighted the ineffectiveness of Chinese vaccines, especially against the Omicron variant. Japanese news agency Nikkei reported that Chinese vaccines were less effective against the Omicron variant compared to U.S. and European-made vaccines. What's more, a U.K.-based research company revealed that the use of Chinese vaccines as booster shots versus as a first dose plunged by 98 percent in Pakistan. That figure shifts to 93 percent in Indonesia and 74 percent in Brazil. The decline marks a major upset for Beijing's vaccine diplomacy. The communist regime has sold or donated vaccines mainly to developing countries to expand Beijing's influence there. Because of it, Nicaragua switched its diplomatic relations from Taiwan to China. That's after receiving a vaccine donation from China in 2021. China, Japan and the U.S. all have aircraft carrier groups stationed in the Western Pacific right now. That's as tensions keep rising over the Taiwan Strait. Chinese aircraft carrier the Liaoning set sail on what was called a routine mission last week. It was escorted by seven warships, including China's most powerful destroyer. According to Tokyo's defense ministry, the fleet passed through the Mayako Strait on Monday afternoon to enter the Western Pacific. According to U.S. Navy ship tracking information from Monday, the U.S.'s Abraham Lincoln Carrier Strike Group is currently deployed in the Philippine Sea, not far from the Chinese fleet. Driven by fears that China may wage war with Taiwan, Japan also has a carrier group in the area. Japan sent an Izumo light aircraft carrier, a maritime patrol aircraft, and an anti-submarine aircraft to monitor the activities of the Chinese ships. Likewise, Taiwan announced plans to closely monitor the Chinese military. This is the first Pacific training session of the year for China's Liaoning Carrier Strike Group. Coming up, two Chinese-born scientists are facing penalties from the U.S. legal system. It involves their ties to the Chinese communist regime. Hear those details and more after the break here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Two Chinese-born scientists convicted by U.S. courts. One of them faces over a dozen years behind bars, while the other is waiting for sentencing. Their crimes tie back to dealings with the Chinese Communist Party. Here are the details. A federal judge sentenced Yo Xiaorong to 14 years in prison on Monday. The chemist from Michigan was convicted of stealing trade secrets. The woman, who also goes by Shannon Yeo, is a Chinese-born American scientist. According to court documents, she had worked for the Coca-Cola Company as a principal engineer and Eastman Chemical Company as a manager. 
During this time, she acquired access to valuable trade secrets related to BPA-free coatings used on the inside of beverage cans. Later, she tried to set up a Chinese company slated to manufacture products based on stolen U.S. technology. Last year, she was convicted of economic espionage. The Justice Department said her behavior benefits not only a foreign company, but also the government of China. Another similar case is also getting attention. A Chinese-born math professor at Southern Illinois University has been convicted of violating tax laws. A federal jury in Benton, Illinois, recently found Professor Xiaoming Qing guilty on four counts. The charges largely address how he failed to disclose a Chinese bank account on his 2017 to 2019 tax returns. His trial is the latest result of a Trump-era crackdown on the Chinese regime's influence within U.S. research. Xiao faces sentencing in August and denies wrongdoing. Southern Illinois University Carbondale says he remains on paid administrative leave. Tesla suspended almost all operations inside a Shanghai factory on Tuesday. Supply chain interruptions are behind the halt, which are largely due to the strict local lockdown. The news marks the second closure in recent weeks. Last month, it was ordered to close for three weeks, with authorities citing the risk of virus spread. Tesla operated its Shanghai plant well below capacity on Tuesday, as companies in the Chinese megacity struggled to ramp up output during the tightening COVID lockdown. The plant reopened three weeks ago and was shown in state media as an example of what can be achieved despite restrictions. But Elon Musk's automaker has now halted most of its production there due to problems securing parts. According to an internal memo seen by Reuters, it planned to produce less than 200 cars on Tuesday, well below previous levels. Many of the hundreds of companies reopening factories there have struggled to bring production lines back up to speed while keeping workers on site in a closed-loop system. Shanghai is a vital center for commerce, finance and manufacturing. But curbs there and in other major cities such as Beijing have led to huge uncertainty about China's economic outlook. Beijing says its zero-COVID policy, with all its restrictions, puts life first. But it increasingly jars with an outside world gradually returning to pre-COVID life, even as cases spread. Shanghai is now in its seventh week of an extended pandemic lockdown. Among China's major cities, only Wuhan has been under lockdown for longer, but not since 2020. China's currency hits its worst low in two years, while the country's export growth drops to single digits. Data shows Beijing's strict pandemic policies are making things worse, but China refuses to let it go. Let's look at the figures. China's export growth has slowed to single digits, the weakest in almost two years. And its imports barely changed in April amid tightened COVID-19 curbs in the country. China's trade sector accounts for about a third of gross domestic product. The weak figures show the sector is losing momentum due to China's rigid COVID-19 policies, disrupting supply chains in major centers and heightening risks of deeper slowdowns. Industry surveys showed factory activity was already contracting at a sharper pace in April. Now, fears are growing that a steep slowdown could also hit global growth. Some analysts even warn of a rising recession risk, saying if Beijing doesn't ease its zero COVID-19 policy, more stimulus must be in place to ensure it will reach its 2022 growth target. But there are a few signs of that happening. 
Last week, China's communist leader Xi Jinping reiterated the country should stick with its zero COVID-19 policy. Amid the prolonged controls, China's currency, the RMBUN, saw its worst month in April in nearly two years. China is postponing one of its top sporting events. The multi-sport Asian Games are second in size only to the Summer Olympics. But they're being delayed until next year, as China struggles with COVID-19 outbreaks. The Olympic Council of Asia announced a decision on Friday. The event was scheduled to take place in September in southern China's Hanzhou. Organizers said that all 56 venues had already been completed. The city prepared to host more than 11,000 athletes from 44 nations and territories. When asked about the postponement, China's foreign ministry told reporters that they should seek the department in charge, a standard non-answer by Chinese communist officials. A man survived five years in Chinese prisons. He is now talking about his experience inside. He was sentenced to forced labor and had to make shoes, purses and backpacks. NTD's Don Ma has the story. A person subject to forced labor in a Chinese prison speaks of his first-hand experience after being released last Friday. So the factory at Xishan Prison mainly makes gloves, shoes, purses and backpacks. That's everyone's main work. The reason why I say it's a sweatshop is because its work regulations are in violation of the prison law and labor laws of its own country. Li Mingchi is a rights advocate from Taiwan. He was arrested by Chinese authorities in 2017 after entering mainland China. He says the living conditions in prison were far from ideal. During winter in the prison, there was no warm water to shower with. Even at minus 2 to 3 degrees Celsius, they make us shower with freezing cold water. Slowly, the prison fixed it and gave us warm water. The food they serve us often smells rotten. One possible reason why he was arrested is that while in Taiwan, he would send and disseminate books into China that were critical of the Chinese Communist Party. After his arrest, a Chinese court sentenced Li to five years in prison. He was charged with what the Chinese regime calls subverting state power. He says while in prison, he was forced to work long hours with little rest. China's prison law actually states that the working hours allowed for prisoners are similar to those defined by the labor law, China's labor law, eight working hours per day, not more than nine hours per day. But as I just said, we have to work 11 to 12 hours each day, often without days off and being requested to work overtime on holidays. Fred Rockefeller is an attorney for Harris Bricken. He has had personal exposure to forced labor as part of investigations while working with clients in China. Forced labor in China has gotten international attention in recent years, including from the U.S. But Rockefeller says that the United States may actually be buying Chinese forced labor products. It is, it is impossible for the authorities uh, here in the United States to, to effectively exclude all of the products that uh, have been made using forced labor. So I think as, as troubling as, as this is, uh, I think we can, we can say with a, with a very high degree of certainty that at this moment um, in the U.S. marketplace, there are uh, a lot of products that were made using forced labor uh, available for sale. 
Rockefeller says it's reasonable to assume that there is correlation between Chinese forced labor and why made in China products are cheap. Don Ma, NTD News. That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching and see you tomorrow.